Hey there, and welcome to the Dynamics Hot Dish Podcast, serving up stories and knowledge on Dynamics 365 and the Power Platform. This is what's hot in Dynamics. You're now joining Merlin Schweiger, Liz McGlennon, and Ashley Steiner. An example of a customer experience that set expectations in the wrong way thanks to FedEx. So I, I like the setup there, Merlin. That was a right? great setup. You got you to give a good setup. So I had a package that was coming. It was, I don't know, a hard drive or something, some computer part. FedEx sends me an email. It's like, all right, your package is on the way. It's you know scheduled to arrive on whatever, Wednesday, whatever the day was. Wednesday shows up. The FedEx site is still telling me that my package is expected to be delivered that day by the end of the day. But the last like update in the tracking is like, it left California or something. So like, there's no way that it's already in Minnesota because obviously I've gotten packages before. I know that they show when it arrives in Minnesota and then they show when it gets loaded on the truck and then they say that it's out for delivery. But like during the entire day, it was like, oh no, your package is coming between 11.45 and 2.30 PM. And I'm like, there's no way that my package is coming in that window, but let's see. I get to the end of that window, like five minutes after the window. And then it's like, oh yeah, we have no idea when your package is coming. And then like the next morning, they're like, oh, now it's actually arrived and on the truck and whatever. And I was like- So did you get it the next day? I did get it the next day. But like, if they had just told me that it was coming a day later than originally estimated, fine. What I I was upset about- (laughs) I have so many comments. I know, I go. Well, go ahead. (laughs) Well, my first thing is Merlin, how do you have nothing better to do, but then to just like sit there and refresh FedEx for three hours, waiting to see if like it updates on your I wasn't just sitting there endlessly refreshing, but I was checking on it periodically. I was very eager to receive this particular hard drive. Just a day late too. It's not like you had to wait like days or weeks. It wasn't like super delayed. I was going to say all of shipping is really messed up right now because I heard something like weeks ago and it was supposed to come on Monday by seven and then it was Tuesday by seven and then it was Wednesday by seven and it was in Minnesota on the truck and it's like they just never got to my house yep. with it my but like every day in, it said it would be delivered and it wasn't yeah my stuff sits in Elk Grove uh Wisconsin that's like south of Racine that's like where all the mail goes it's like the big UPS and FedEx hub my stuff sits there for days um, but you're missing the point guys the point is not when the package actually arrived the point is, it is, the, expect- to is do? the expectations that FedEx was setting with me, the customer. If they had told me that it was coming next week and it arrived four days early, cool, I'm happy. If they had updated their tracking to say, oh, it hasn't arrived at the destination facility in Minnesota yet, obviously it can't come today. So let's aim for tomorrow. I would have been happy. My issue was that they set the expectation that it was going to arrive today and it didn't arrive today, it arrives tomorrow. That's my problem. Haven't, haven't you seen the memes where it's like, oh, the US Postal Service, like, oh, you have a package somewhere, we don't really know. And then it's like FedEx, like, oh, it might be coming, but we don't really know where it is. And then UPS, it's like, oh, it's on this truck coming between this time and this time. And then it's like, Amazon, we're already in your house. <laughs> like, you've never seen those memes, Merlin? Like, the problem is you were doing FedEx. Well, Mine was UPS and it sucked just oh, as bad. Because okay. yeah. I send everything UPS because it's so like, for me, it's usually, yeah, I know, I'm just saying. But again, I think the whole industry, like Amazon still 
shows up on time but like everything else is slow I mean there's like staffing issues and well it's because Amazon can't contracts at all which I found pretty interesting I didn't know that they they contract with like local delivery places to deliver their stuff right so again my point is not the speed of delivery my point is the expectation setting along the way it's a lesson in customer experience my experience I got angry for no good reason you're right it arrived the next day not actually a problem it was still like you're three clearly, or four days from order to delivery. You're still angry, Merlin. Like you were like exuding yes. like anger over this. And how yes. long ago was this? Like months, weeks? No, it was at least two weeks ago. <laughs> I mean, you're, you have a valid point though that I think holds true to our industry is that if if that expectation wouldn't have been set and like if the communication had been updated, you wouldn't have been as upset about it coming a day later. Fine. And so that fine. holds true to like, scope or or design or like decisions like that if you're doing like a deployment or a project of like what are the functionality and timeline expectations of what we're gonna get right i can't yes. believe liz is validating you right now but you're right liz. sorry like, ashley I, I mean merlin i don't know why you're complaining <laughs> get I over it i can't believe that liz is validating my perfectly valid opinion about setting expectations that's awesome but it is, I, I, I agree. I just like to make fun of you, Marilyn. I know. It's fine. I'm done. We can move on. <laughs> Today we're talking about nothing to do with like anything Marilyn just talked about, but we're talking about like reporting. So ways to report on your data and dynamics or a power app and the options that you have. Um, so I know we we're thinking about talking about dashboards, which are native and dynamics, and then when and why you would use those versus something like a Power BI. So I don't know if either of you have thoughts that you want to get started with or... But here's the question, like, is Dynamics the only thing that has something like a dashboard, Dynamics CE, or can you, like a native dashboard, does FNO, not FNO anymore, uh, BC? Mm. I guess I'm just wondering, like, if you were using one of the other Dynamics stack products, like, do you have to use Power BI? Not necessarily. I know that BC has like a, it's like a sort of a dashboard, like a homepage-y kind of thing. I think you can put charts on it. But I don't think that they're, I don't think that they're nearly as exciting as like Dynamics dashboards with like charts. It's probably mostly lists of data. It's not as configurable or there's not as many options. I don't, I don't think so, but I don't know. If you're a BC person and listening, don't quote me on that. Yeah, I'm but let us wrong. know too, right? Or yeah, <laughs> comment and tell us. <laughs> it's true. And I have absolutely no idea about F and SCM, which is... I'm never going to get that right. <laughs> I know. I was like, I didn't try. I'm like, I'll let Merlin give the right acronym. <laughs> I know. I'm just going to keep calling it FNO and let Merlin correct me. It's fine. No, so I think for the most part, like the CE, the CRM line is kind of the only spot that gets like the dashboards that we know of with all the configuration and like charts and stuff. Well, and you could build one for just a model-driven app too like you don't have yeah, to be in one of the ce first party apps like those come with the pre-can sales marketing customer service dashboards but you yeah you could just build one from scratch in a model driven app as well i feel like um, dashboards and ce haven't improved i mean we've had small improvements but i feel like they haven't improved or changed very much from when they were introduced when were they introduced 2011 2011. Okay. I remember that upgrade because it all we got all these new things and dashboards were on. That was list. we were working at this together, Liz, at the yes. same company. Cause yep. I remember our boss, my boss at the time was like, Oh, look at all this stuff Liz is building. Why can't you build it? Oh my God, I hope she's not listening. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah and I remember our upgrade that. from 4.0 to 2011. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember implementing 4.0 and people being like, well, how do I get a dashboard? Salesforce has a dashboard. And me being like, yeah, I can't actually do that for you. Sorry. I think there's this add-on from this other partner. I can build you an SSRS report. <laughs> yeah. Which those and have kind of died, I think, because of the reporting capabilities that have come out with like the dashboards and now with Power BI. Mm-hmm. Well, well I, online. Yeah, I feel like Microsoft is sort of trying to absorb them into the Power BI paginated reports. Got it. I mean, so obviously those, the, the dashboards natively and Dynamics have been around for quite some time. I mean, is there ever a case that you would use those versus Power BI? All the time, they're free. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have to ask. Right? And they're easy. I think they're easier to build too. Like, I think they're much faster and simpler. Maybe that's because like, I've been working with them longer or because I'm like traditionally a CRM first person first. But I think- they're just easier for someone to learn and they're free. And you also have the concept of just like the personal dashboard, which I think um, empowers, you know, managers or end users to give like a tailored view of what they, they want to see as their homepage. I think one of the best descriptions, uh, I can't take credit for it. It was somebody that I used to work with who positioned it this way is that the dashboards that come out of the box should be like your, like your daily work sort of like driver. So like his point was, you should come into the system and land on your dashboard and all the stuff that's on your dashboard should be driving what you're going to do today Mm -hmm. versus looking at something in Power BI is going to be more like analysis or like diving more into the data or what the data is trying to tell you or looking at trends over time or something like that. But that dashboard should be like, this is my day today. Like, here's a list of tasks that I have to do. Like, here's a couple charts of things that like, tell me what I need to do. I agree. I mean, you can easily take action on a record from a a native Mm -hmm. dashboard, but like imagine trying to like modify or do some action on that record through Power BI. Like it's not going to be as easy. It's a little more complicated. Yeah. So I mean, in your guys' experience, do you create a lot of custom dashboards then or do you use the -the out-of-the-box ones? Who uses the -the out-of-the-box ones? Has anyone ever used an out-of-the-box dashboard? Yeah, I I use the demos. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, same. Or like when you're, yeah, when you're trying to sell a new company, like we're onboarding new companies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. But that's literally it. Like nobody, I don't, I don't think I've ever met any company who's like, oh, this dashboard tells me everything that I need. Like, thanks. No, it'd be like, like a been on a project where you're not adding any custom fields or changing the form. Yeah. No. So like the dashboard's the same thing. <laughs> So what do people need to know then? I mean, like if you're not using the out-of-the-box dashboards, they're not useful. Like what do you need to know when you're building your own custom dashboards for your team? Mm, that's a good like question. what advice would you give people? I mean, if you if you look at it as this is supposed to drive my work for the day, look at the out-of-the-box dashboard and then imagine that you're like the generic salesperson or generic service person that Microsoft engineers have in their minds when they build these out-of-the-box dashboards. Be like, okay. I can see what they're trying to do here, but only 20% of this is relevant to my business. So I'll take that 20% put it on my dashboard and then fill out the other things that I need on there. So like, think about what are the things that I would want to see in the morning to tell me what I have to do? Well, I need to see maybe my list of open leads and I want those sorted by, I don't know, a score if I'm scoring them. Or I need to see like, maybe you're using goals and you need to see like, where am I in, in regards to my goal so that I know like, do I need to really push hard to close deals today? Or can I coast and build pipeline or whatever else you might need to do? 
I think you should make them really uh, tailored to the persona, like the role that's using them, because you can control who sees which dashboard based on the ad that it's put in and on security role. And so there's no reason why they should use one or see one that's irrelevant to them. And so I think they should be really specific to the job. And you don't have to worry about kind of cluttering up the list because we have ways to control who sees what. And then my other thing that I always push for is like teaching people how to get to the grid behind the chart. So a lot of times people will be like, I want a chart and a a list of like the same thing. Like I want to see open opportunities, pipeline funnel, open opportunities list. And then they're like thinking it's going to be like Power BI or like Tableau, where like if you click on the, the chart, it'll filter the list. And it's like, no, it won't do that. But if we just put the chart there and we teach you how to go and see the records on that next page, like then it does filter. And so I think almost every time I'm building a dashboard, like people assume it's going to work that first way I described. And it's just re-educating them on like the way it works out of the box, which no, it's maybe not as intuitive, but it, I think it ends up being a better experience. Now, of course, if you build um, one of those new, or what, what was interactive. that? Interactive. interactive. That yeah. does that, but you can only have it for one table, like one entity, Yep. Yeah. which it's like, well, how often do you have a whole dashboard with data from just one table? Cases is the only thing that I yeah. can think of, Inci- you know, using it for incidents. Because if you're a customer service person and you're like, oh, I just want to filter on like the cases or tickets that I have open. That's the only situation I can think of. Well, and you can do an interactive dashboard and put um, components from multiple tables, but they don't interact. Right. Like it'll only interact on one, which I'm like, that, that's just like teasing me. It's like, I don't know. Like, what's the point of that? <laughs> It's, it's almost like Microsoft half released something weird. <laughs> I will say Very though, quiet. like interactive dashboards are new ish, but like the other thing I really appreciate now is that they've improved the, the limit of how many components you can have. So for like the longest time you could only have six, six and now it's 20. And so like, that's a huge improvement. It's true. Right. Well, they also did add chart types too, right? Yeah. So they've like improved. Yeah. You know, so like it's small things. It's still, I mean, to me, the dashboards always look a little dated. I hate to say it like well, that. Well, and but it's like hard the intention to of them. roll the formatting of them too. Yeah, go it ahead. No, no, no. I think that's a, so as in say, so they've made, I just think it looks dated, but they are making dated improvements where like they add a chart type. But Liz, to your point, yeah, like it's hard to control like where things sit. Well, it used to be easier, like pre-unified interface, you had more you could do in the XML to change the chart format than we can now. Like they've deprecated like a ton of the options. And so I've not done a lot with that like recently, but like, I feel like at least half of the options have been taken away with what you could do with the UI of a chart. And I'm sure they're, they, you know, that's not a priority because Power BI is an option where you can do whatever right. you want. <laughs> and that's like what I was going to say. It's like, if I agree, they do look kind of dated and you do have limited control. So then the answer is Power BI. If you want it to look better and do more, go to Power BI. But I feel like they have a, I mean, we started this conversation with like the purpose of each, right? And this is how I kind of feel about workflows and Power Automate too. I know you'll talk to an MVP and they'll say, oh, workflows are, you know, deprecated. They're not even there, but like, they're not, they're still there. They still have its purpose. I feel like that it's the same thing with dashboards and Power BI is like, it's that interactive, quick thing you want to be able to see. I mean, Power BI updates once a day, 
And you know what I mean? Like if you have that automatic refresh, I don't know if you can do it more often than that. And if it does, does it slow things down? I don't know. I've not done a ton in Power BI, but you know what I'm saying? So what I'm saying though, is like, as a salesperson, I don't want to open up multiple windows and like have this done. Well, then this leads you into embedding a Power BI dashboard into Dynamics, Mm -hmm. right? You have that option. Mm -hmm. If you have the pro license. If you have pro license. Well, you don't need the the viewer license for that. That comes with the E3 license? Um, no. There's this concept of a viewer license now. Is there? Oh, man, mm-hmm. then I don't know. At least that's <laughs> what, I, I think that we should probably add that in the show notes. Because yeah. I've heard people talk about a, a viewer license for Power BI, and it's included in like an E3 and an E5 license um, oh. office. For those of us, who, those who don't know, what office licenses, there's called an E3 and an E5. And it gives you access to different stuff. So I will definitely do the research and add that in the notes. Or if somebody knows, please comment. But I've heard that there's this viewer license now. Oh. But ah. you can't you can't get it separately. It's just included. Sure. Yeah, yeah but like I mean, E3 is a pretty, it's not a super high level of an office license. So like, I feel like that would include a lot of kind of corporate roles and wouldn't then, you know, add that extra cost of $10 a user a month. That was just always such a deal breaker of like, do we really want to spend all this extra money on Power BI when we have this tool that is included that gets us most of the way there? Yeah. I mean, so you don't need to have the pro license to embed a Power BI report in your own dynamics for yourself you just can't share it with anybody yeah and what user (laughs) is gonna know how to build the power bi report that they want well you just do it for them and then you do a screen share and take control and upload the file for them that's really scalable no i do for everyone i'm not saying it's great if if your end user can build a power bi dashboard i think they're in the wrong role right like, that's just, I just don't see that being, people always no. share that example or that like workaround. And I just don't think it's a realistic workaround. Yeah, you're that's right. available, depending on how many salespeople you have. I mean, think about how many, if you're a global company, you could have thousands of salespeople and customer service. Like that's just yeah. not realistic. No. Right. And then what happens when it gets updated? You have to do that again. Well, yep. if you've got thousands of salespeople and you want them all to use Power BI, then you get Power BI premium and it doesn't matter. You can do anything you want. That's true. And then so you I can guess- refresh 48 times a day. Okay. So I think that that's like the, that's the caveat though, right? Is like the pricing. So I've worked, every company I've ever worked at is like, Ooh, 10, like that's an additional fee. And then you look at it and you're like, okay, that's $10 a month. Like it sounds so nominal, but like when you have how many ever users, it can add up pretty quickly. So, mm-hmm. cause I've had Microsoft literally, Oh my gosh, I'm totally begging on Microsoft in this one, but I've literally had them like laugh at me. They're like, it's $10 a month. Like you guys can't afford that. It's like, okay, but we have 300 people that we need. I mean, that adds up per person. It adds up. Yeah. Yeah, It does add up very quickly. I agree. Yeah. What are the other like benefits? Like when else would people want to use Power BI over a native dashboard? High level, somebody who doesn't need access to dynamics. I guess that's what I always think of. So like I, I mean, I can't imagine any executive I've ever known logging into Dynamics and looking at one of those dashboards, but if they just had a little, like a little thing on their icon on their computer to click open Power BI and it was just there for them. I mean, that's like the, the key example I always think of. Mm-hmm. And they look pretty. So it looks great to like stakeholders. Well, there's just so much more visualization mm-hmm. options there. And a lot more like interactivity. So to mm-hmm. your point, 
like you can have a bunch of different charts and lists and things and they'll all filter each other as long as you've got all the relationships set up and like you can just you can do so much more actual analysis on your data instead of just like looking at it instead of looking at a report you can actually like dig in and see what's going on a lot better in power bi than you can in, in anything else and you can combine data sources it doesn't have to be dataverse data well i remember when i changed i, I manage our linkedin sales navigator licensing here because it connects to dynamics i remember when i changed sending the reporting into Power BI because now I do all of our reporting on how people are using it. And like the sales managers were just like blown away. Like, oh my gosh, like this is crazy that you can look at things like this, right? And it's all like, again, interactive and they can dive in. And um, it was one of those just like, they thought it was, and all it is is an export, right? Because there's a connector, connector between Power BI and LinkedIn, pretty sure. easy to set up. But for them, it was like they, I mean, just that showcase value, I think just like how it looks is impressive to people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and that's not even getting to like for your executive, if they don't, if they can't even bother to like click on a button to go look at it, you could just subscribe them and they'll just get it in their email whenever you tell them and they can look at it on their phone. There's a mobile which, app. And... Which people still want that. <laughs> it's they crazy, do. right? They How do. People still want emails. Yeah. Like, I feel like, can you, can I get a report email to me? Like comes up a lot on projects. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which is a little bit weird. Like, no, it's a little concerning, <laughs> but I mean, at some point, if that's what they want, that's what they want. <laughs> like you're that's not true. like you can't force them to change kind of how they're managing their work. No, it's true. I just feel like I get so many emails. I would overlook the ones that have a report in them, but I'm also not at the level where like emailing, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I'll just go build the report myself. <laughs> so right. I'm not an executive is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I mean, not yet. We'll give you a couple of years. Okay. Thanks, Brantlin. No goals. You got to have goals, right? Yeah, exactly. So, so what else? I mean, are there any other like attributes of when you would take Power BI? I mean, there's a ton, right? I feel like we've talked about that, but what other use cases would you roll out a Power BI dashboard instead of a dashboard inside of Dynamics? Well, I feel like anytime you, you want to do something and you can in Dynamics, you go to Power BI. Yeah, and that could be visuals. It could be aggregating data sources. It could be doing more complex analysis. I mean, you could even get into like some of the AI stuff that you can plug into Power BI. You can embed Power Apps in Power BI now, I think, too. So from like that really? use from that usability standpoint, you could theoretically have a Power BI report with a little Canvas app built on it. Or if I pick something with Power BI report, it could populate in the Canvas app and I could make updates and I could write those updates back to something. Hmm. I didn't know that. That's cool. Sounds like a good session topic someday, Merlin, that we should demo. Yeah, I probably have to actually build one someday <laughs> first. Yeah, that's cool. I, I think that they're also, I think the biggest thing here is that they're investing in Power BI, right? Microsoft right. is. Yes. So that's where you're going to see, you know, your improvements, your changes. I don't think my, well, we've said it, there's not much change that's happening to the dashboards and dynamics. No, and I wouldn't expect them to put much more investment there because they've got Power BI and it would be a better use of their money to make that integration better and easier than you know, building two different dashboarding tools. Well, and Power BI is the leading BI tool and not even in the Microsoft stack. Like I'm pretty sure the last Gartner report I looked at had it above Tableau. Yeah. So like, of course they're gonna keep <laughs> investing in that one. Uh -huh. Right. 
I, but I think it does like raise concerns for companies. Like, so my company, for example, like we keep saying, oh, let's just have our BI person build that, you know, we need reporting and all this stuff. We don't have a BI person. Like you need to have somebody who can actually build that stuff. And that where, like, even if you have a dynamics person on staff, it doesn't mean that they're automatically going to know Power BI. So it is an investment. It's not just an investment in licensing and is an investment in staffing as well, Mm -hmm. or consultant, you know, getting a good consulting company to come in a partner it's another kind of specialty or or, I don't know side skill set like yeah does it help to have dynamics experience yes and like understanding the data structure is super important so like you could get a BI person but if they don't understand your data versus data structure like they would probably need to collaborate with that team but yeah I mean like DAX I think is kind of hard to learn and like there is a different skill set there right Mm -hmm. yeah yeah. Now, what I will say, though, is after you have an expert sort of build your data sets, it's pretty easy for like a power user to just like pick the data set like this is my sales data data set and then just like check boxes and drag things into charts and be like, boom, now I've got this sweet dashboard and I don't have to worry about any of the behind the scenes stuff. But you do need to have that like kind of data expertise to build the data set in the first place to give people what they're going to need to use. Well, I think that's where a partner really comes in Mm because, you know, it's one of those, like they can build it. And then if you have more questions or want to add more, you can bring them in ad hoc, right? Because you don't need to, like you said, I could probably build a, you know, a chart or a dashboard or something. Something basic is easy, but if you want to do anything, yeah. 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 Well, I tried to do it before. I was going to say like, I'm not a power BI expert, but I I've talked to people that are, and I know there's plenty of best practices too. And that there's, you know, different um, paths to accomplish a similar thing, but like some are much more optimal than others. So like, if you're a rookie power BI person, like talk to an expert or get help from a, you know, a consultant, a partner, because you might get it to work, but it might not be the, the best way to get there. And it might not be scalable. So if you do want to add more data sources later, because I know that was probably what that's what I did, right? I was a rookie BI person and I built it to work, but like, you know, as you add more tables or things in, it just, who knows if that was scalable. Right. Right. There's there's some bit there about like, you got to use an OData filter in your initial query so that you only pull in the data that you need. Otherwise you pull in like every record in your contacts table and then you filter it while then it's going to be slow. And so now your refresh is going to take forever. Little things like that. Yeah, you're already speaking things that I have no idea what that means. So it's fine. Not a smile. (laughs) (laughs) So I want to ask, since we're kind of talking about this broader reporting topic, like does a custom report or traditional dynamics report ever have a role anymore? So I'm talking about like those out of the box reports we get or Mm -hmm. like you know, fetch XML customer reports. Like, I feel like they rarely come up for me these days, but like, is there any use case to use those? So I'll speak for myself. Everyone loves to hit that run report button. And then when they click on something and it doesn't work, it's really frustrating. Cause like, we don't make- You should just them, right? take the button away. I would, well- yeah, there, we have a laundry list of things Just that we would like to hide do. hide it, hide it no, on the know. command bar. Okay. It would take like okay. five minutes. I know, Liz. Okay, you guys can leave me alone. <laughs> um, so, so, so yes, but I would say that I've actually replaced anything that I would have used a report for with like a, a word template or something like that. Mm. So like the most prominent case that I think that I've used reports for is like a download of account data, right? Like salespeople always want to just get like a high level 
of the account data, things that are going on in the account. I know that there's a ton of other use cases, but as somebody who's worked mostly with sales, that's what they've always wanted. Like a summary of one account or a list of all accounts? So a summary of one account, they want to go to one account, they want to hit a button and then like just the highlights or details so they can print it. Every salesperson wants to print everything. Who knows why, but they want to print and take that with them. You do what you have to do, but I've moved a lot of that into word templates. So it's not for for me. I I haven't, I have not built a report in years. Well, I feel like it's going to look a lot better and you have a lot more control in a word template than you do. Yeah. Yeah. It's true, but you can't do. I don't think you can do math in the word templates, can you? No, no. So if you need to like do calculations and you also don't have a Power BI license and then sometimes, yes, I actually, in the last six months, I've, I've built new, their SSRS reports mm-hmm. because somebody wants to print them and they have to do math and they don't have Power BI. So they were already using one and that they had actually built with the wizard. And so I just like kind of took that and refactored it a little bit. And I was like, all right, here we go. We got it. The math is a good point. Like the calculations, mm-hmm. because there's not an awesome way to do that otherwise without power. I'm, sh- I'm sure you could like work around it maybe with like build some calculated fields that like calculate themselves and then like still drop them into word or whatever, but like, or put them on a view and like export that to Excel. Or- and that might work too. <laughs> But it's also very easy for somebody to just like either want to click that run report button or actually mm-hmm. in this case, I just put it right on the site map. It's right there in the navigation. They just click it nice. and the report like runs and now he can print it out and then draw on it and do whatever he wants to do to it. Well, I will say too, like when you run a report, like that's a snapshot of that data in time versus real-time data. And so if you care about like what did this data look like a month ago compared to now? It's saving that, I guess you could say that historically. And then like Merlin, you brought up a good point too of like exporting it to other things. Like people always ask me like, how do I put this dashboard in the PowerPoint or what can I export it as? And I'm like, nothing, like it's here as a dashboard. And so if they really care about that, it's a screenshot. Yeah, Yeah, but like, that's not what they're asking for, you know? Yeah, that's a good point. I always forget about the reports until I get people asking why there's an error message. I just forget it's there. Well, they don't look very good. Unless you know how to spend the time on making them look better. Which is, I'm sure what, yeah. yeah. They still don't look great. So any like lasting thoughts from you guys on dashboards reporting overall in the space of Microsoft? I mean, I know we've mentioned Tableau, but there are other BI tools, but Microsoft is clearly leading the space on it. Yeah. No, I feel like the direction that Microsoft is going, at least in my opinion, is out-of-the-box dashboards are probably eventually going to sort of like fade away and they'll turn into either Power BI for like really digging into your data or just like views and charts. And you just like my, my dashboard essentially becomes like a handful of charts or a handful of lists and that drives my work. And then I can pop open a little chart because now there's a little show chart button everywhere. And I can just be like, oh, I'll just interact with my data this way. Like, I feel like they're trying to make it more like you're either working with your data or you're analyzing your data and you're kind of doing those in two separate spots. When I feel like those roles are usually kind of separate too. Right. Like how many people are really in a role where they're gonna actively work on the data 
on a very transactional level and want this high level like analysis like I feel like that's usually more of like a management leadership role compared to like an individual contributor so I'd love to hear like from the group though like from our audience people listening like what they use most commonly like do they use the dashboards or the reports which I constantly forget about BI power BI how they use it all um so if you guys have any comments like would love to hear how you guys are using it reach out in any way yeah awesome well thanks everyone for listening thanks bye Thank you for listening to the Dynamics Hot Dish Podcast. For additional content and previous episodes, check out our website at dynamicshotdish.com, follow us on Twitter at Dynamics Hot Dish, and subscribe to our podcast for notifications. Thanks. See you next time.